Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are, first, Alabama QB to take home the Heisman. A quick recap of the Heisman ceremony. We are three quarters of the way through the NFL season. Who's hot and who's not towards the final part of the season. Checking in on the NFC and AFC playoff picture, Tiger returns to golf. What can we expect to see? The college basketball season is underway. The guys give you their picks and analysis for the week's biggest games. With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a Wednesday night back in Delaware, Ohio, in the studio live. Matt and Colton and I, uh, like Colton said, we're going to uh, start with just a real quick, hopefully quick. There's a few things on here I want to talk about with the Heisman. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, Bryce Young. I don't think well, I don't think it was a surprise to this panel here. I think we all were in consensus that that's who it was going to be. Um, he, uh, you know, and the, and the voting really wasn't that close. Um, and this is the only Alabama's the sixth school to uh, have back-to-back winners. You know, they had uh, the uh, Devontae Smith last year and, and a wide receiver and a quarterback this year, Bryce Young. They actually have uh, hooked up for touchdown passes together. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, he received – Bryce Young received um, 83% of all the possible points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I kind of went over I – had, I had looked at it before, but I kind of reviewed the uh, – all the past win, living past winners get a vote. So yeah. this year there was 57, yep. I believe, yep. um, votes from past winners. And then there's 870 media members that vote and then one fan vote. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess that's kind of odd. And then obviously you, you put all three of the players that you think are deserving of the Heisman down and your first place um, vote gets three points. Second place gets two points third place gets one so mm-hmm. yeah it, it wasn't even really close once they once they tallied it up so uh bryce young you know ran away with it uh deserving not deserving did the committee get it right yeah i i think so i mean it's uh yeah definitely i think i think it was one of those things that uh you know we talked about this season um bryce young you know kind of ran away with it kind of in the last week or two weeks of of, of the season i mean it was kind of a you know a mystery or you know still uh undecided of who really the clear favorite was until you know the last couple of weeks and i think kind of the 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 clutch performance that he had against auburn you know alabama was offense was very bad was looking horrible in that game and second half you know the defense kept it in it you know kept them in it but then you know the offense kind of came alive and you know i think it was a lot of you know bryce young bryce young doing that and um, then in that, you know, SEC championship game against Georgia, I mean, there's, you know, not enough that can be said about, you know, his performance against, you know, at that time, the nation's, you know, best defense, you know, juggernaut defense. Um, and, and everybody was saying that there was no way Georgia could even be beaten, could be taken down, you know, whatever. And then Alabama made it look, you know, made it look easy. So, and, and I think that had a lot to do with, with, with Bryce Young and, um, you know, came in with, came into the season with, with very high expectations or, you know, um, trying to replace, you know, another star quarterback in, in Mac Jones. And, you know, we're seeing what he's doing in the NFL. So that, you know, a little bit of pressure coming into the season to kind of live up to the, you know, live up to the hype and be another, you know, great Alabama QB. And, you know, he, he definitely, you know, lived up to that hype and, and, and brought home the Heisman for, for Alabama. So, yeah, he really played well this season. I'm not even sure how much the, the SEC championship really played into it. I think a lot of these guys have their votes in 
before that game's even played. But, mm-hmm. but you know, he, he did have a good year. Uh, his, stats, his stats really proved it out. He had better stats than everybody else on the list. And, you know, best quarterback on the best team, usually going to be up there kind of like the right. MVP race in the NFL. Right. So. And it was a quarterback-heavy field this yeah. year, too. Right. Um, right. Not even the top four, but even in the – you know, next guys that didn't make it in, there was several quarterbacks in that mix too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the other two quarterbacks in there, Pickett from, uh, uh, from Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh there and, and CJ Stroud from OSU. Um, and then the, the only other one, which is, you know, kind of unusual was a defensive player and that was Hutchison from Michigan. And, uh, he had a, he had a good season as well. And I don't think really, cemented himself as a contender until that last two weeks of the season or whatever. And, uh, you know, got on the got on the big stage and performed well. But uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, to me, it was it was a no brainer, and I think it was deserving. I think the committee got it right. So. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you, the the vote really kind of did show its, it's recency bias, though, because I mean, like you said, Hutchinson wasn't even in the running a few weeks ago. He ends up taking second in this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't even close between him and third and fourth, I right? Mean, I, it really kind of surprised me considering he wasn't even up for the defensive player of the year awards, mm-hmm. but he, he's going to be that high in the Heisman. It, it, it's weird how the votes go for that. The, right. I don't know if the media votes for defensive player of the year, or who votes for that. Yeah, I think that, that is a, me, a, a solely media driven, you know, but then if that's the same media voting for that, right. That's voting for the Heisman. How are they, how are their votes so vastly different? I right. guess, I guess that's, that's really yeah. weird. To and, me. I, and I'm not sure how many, you know, like dad said with 870 right. media members voting on the Heisman, I don't know how many vote on the defensive mm-hmm. player. I don't know if it's, you know, eight, I don't know if it's the same number, 870 or if there's, you know, a lot less or, you know, how that, how that works. Yeah. But I don't know if yeah. it's the same group of media members. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And it'd be interesting to see the makeup of, of the media that votes for these, you know, are they predominantly in the South, you know, right. You, right. That, that could give well, you, you even a little bias. To the and, SEC. I, and I found a thing when I was looking, you can get on there and, and look at the votes by region too. Mm-hmm. So that might be, I didn't really get dig that far into the weeds on it, but right. that's another thing that might be a little more of a telltale sign right. as well. Yeah. Right. Um, of how those, how those points were, uh, you know, compiled or whatever. But like I said, you know, 2,311 points is what Bryce got. Yeah. Um, you know, in second place, Hutchison was only 954 and, uh, Bryce Young, 684 first place votes where, you know, Hutchison only got 78. So like I said, it really wasn't, really wasn't that close, but right. you know, it's still exciting. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of showmanship going on during the, it was entertaining to watch. I thought all pretty good natured stuff. So, you know, and it, and it keeps the keeps the rivalries um you know active and and, and pertinent i guess so. yeah i was gonna bring that up i i don't know i i didn't mind what hutchinson had to say there right i had a problem with desmond howard though he, he doesn't need to pick on a player who's, who's supposed to be there to be you know he, he's there to enjoy his night too and i mm-hmm. think that was his night i, I just I, I wasn't a fan of how howard kind of poked fun at the buckeyes and all that i, I, I like i said cj stroud earned his chance to be there mm-hmm he should have got the respect the other guys got. And it just, it didn't play, it didn't play right in my mind. I, I had nothing wrong with what Hutchins said. Cause all he said was it was our goal to come back and beat the Buckeyes. Right. And that is their goal. Yeah. Right. You know, right. I had no problem with what he was saying, but then for, for a media guy who's supposed to be impartial and, and just, you know, leading the show to, to pile on there. I, yeah. I, I didn't really like it. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I, I guess, you know, it'll be, you know, and for me, you know, CJ Stroud to me going into next season has got to be the odds on favorite to, mm. uh, you know, I think he'll be up there in the pre you know, preseason picks. Um, 
the the kid had a great season. Um, I mean, only and only a freshman. I mean, yeah, he's got, freshman, still so. a lot lot more you know room to yeah, grow and absolutely and, and, and had a phenomenal year and and still you know a lot room a lot more room to to grow in this one. So right now, and you know, obviously those other you know, uh, obviously those other three guys are. They're going to the they're going to the draft next year, so we won't mm. have that competition. Right. So, right. Um, well, you know. I don't think Bry- Bryce Young isn't eligible yet. So oh, that's right. He'll be a junior next that's year, so he'll right. he'll be back. Um, yeah. You know, so um, but yeah, C.J. Stroud, you know, has has a good chance. I mean, uh, Bryce Young won this won this award as a, as a sophomore, mm-hmm. um, which is you know only the fifth you know fifth ever person to do that joining uh, you know some pretty elite company in, in Tim Tebow, Sam Bradford, Mark Ingram, and Lamar Jackson. So mm-hmm. you know three three QBs in that mix, and you know three decent college QBs. Maybe not you know the best of, of NFL you know QBs, but uh, you know Lamar still you know playing in the NFL still you know. Um, kind of jury still out on on whether or not he's you know an elite quarterback, but uh, you know the other the other two guys were you know definitely all three of them were were great you know college quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So you know Bryce Young joins an elite elite company there. So absolutely. absolutely. All right, well we're gonna take a real quick commercial break. Um, uh, when we get back, we got some exciting stuff. We're uh, gonna get back into some NFL talk when we get back from uh, uh, our commercial break. So stay tuned. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, we're back. Back in the studio. Like I said, we're going to get into some NFL talk. We're three-quarters of the way through the NFL season. It's getting down to the wire. We got some close races. But before we get into our – our races, um, guys, give me who, give me who you think is your most disappointing team so far this year at the three quarter mark. Yeah, for me, I mean, it, it's it's kind of switched every time we've done done this segment or done kind of this uh, you know prediction or you know review of, of how the season goes. You know, I started out you know with the Colts. They've they've kind of turned it up a little bit. Seattle has has kind of turned it on. Um, you know, they got kind of a weaker schedule coming up, so I think that they you know could potentially make a make a push here, but. Here at the thirty three quarters mark, I, I think I got you know um, the, the the Buffalo Bills for me has got to be the most disappointing team, and I and I think you could look and say you know oh well they are still a playoff team, they're still you know in the hunt for their division, but they just are trending trending downwards in, in my my opinion. You know they're they're seven and six, you know they're second in their division, you know behind behind the Patriots, but you know a couple of weeks ago they you know were looking like the best team you know not only in their division but in the AFC, and and they've lost um, you know. Uh, quite a few games, you know, two and four in their last six games um, mm-hmm. here and, and kind of in the second half, you know, third, third quarter, you know, stretch of the of the season. And uh, they're just, yeah, like I said, trending, trending in the wrong in the wrong direction. Uh, Why do you think that is, Colton? Um, you know, I, I just their defense, they've had some injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, their their offense is just not, you know, it, it's really, rely, you know, heavily reliant on the on the passing game, um, you know. They put a lot of pressure on, uh, you know, Josh Allen to make plays, um, you know, those receivers, you know, Stephon Diggs to make to make plays. They don't really have much of a of a running game. Um, it, it's one of those things that, 
if they get the running game going, they usually have, you know, a good chance to win. But, um, you know, when they don't get that running game going, they become very one dimensional, you know, Mm -hmm. teams, teams figure them out. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that, yeah, it's, it's tough to beat a team when, you know, to be an elite team when you can only do one thing kind of really, really well. That's a good point. And I think part of it may be to me, it's kind of contributed to, we talked, last season and the early part of first half of this season that that prolific duo of Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs so to me you know teams learned if, if we can at least slow that down yeah, li- limit you, that you got a real good chance of beating the bills right and and now Josh Allen day to day with a left left foot sprain right. um, you know which could you know cause some serious concern you know Absolutely. and may turn into something more serious than just you know a sprain or you know surgery or you know whatever and then that really I mean that really puts a puts a damper in in Buffalo's you know kind of uh, you know playoff chances or Super Bowl chances uh, because I mean, they came into this season. I mean, they went first. They were first in the AFC East last year. They finished 13-3 and three and, uh, you know, were one game away from making it to the Super Bowl, you know, lost to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship mm-hmm. game. So they had really high hopes. You know, they signed Josh Allen to a big extension. So, you know, they, they, they really kind of went all in on on this season. Right. And, and it started out, you know, really well. I mean, they, they, you know, were trending in the right direction. But over here the last, you know, couple of weeks here, they, they've really just, you know, haven't, haven't been able to get it, get it done against – you know, some of the, the better teams in, in the mm-hmm. league too. So I did, I did read today though, that, that Allen does think he, he's going to be back. He, he was testing out the ankle today. He says he feels good. So yeah. that, that's I mean, a that's good, good sign that's for them. But so yeah, you'd mentioned we were talking about biggest disappointment about the halfway mark. We, a couple of us have said Seattle and I'm still saying Seattle. They're, they're five and eight on the season. And their offense is near the bottom of the league in most every category in the NFL. Yeah. For a ca- for a team that has Russell Wilson as their quarterback, you and, and you expect a lot. Receivers yeah, absolutely. Too. You you expect a lot more out of that offense, and we're just not getting it. I just I, I don't see Seattle making the playoffs, and I don't see Russell Wilson being long in Seattle after after this season. Mm-hmm. After he kind of won it out last year, I, I think it's going to be the final nail in the coffin. Yeah, and he didn't make a lot of noise. There was you know kind of a little bit of talk about him wanting to leave, and then. You know he sucked it up and hung in there, but I agree with Matt. I don't think he's long in the in the uh, Seattle area. So uh, right, I guess my worst team, and it's going to sound like I'm piling on, and this was an easy pick, but the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> I mean, we all knew they weren't going to be good, right? And they're not, and but that's not the reason I picked them as my miss, most disappointing team. The reason I have is the way that the the uh, front office is handling the controversy. Mm -hmm. There's way too much stuff in the press about what's going on between coaches and players. This stuff should be kept, should be kept in the locker room behind the scenes. You know, there's just way too much of this out in the media. And I know it's a different age than what it used to be. And, um, you know, telling guys to keep stuff under wraps is a little tougher now with social media, whatever. But to me, it goes to, and I'm not even picking on Urban Meyer in this in this case. I'm going front office, mm-hmm. the owner, the general manager. You know, not keep not handling all this controversy better. To me, this is this is uh, a low class handling of a of a serious situation. Right. Yeah, and I, I just think it's 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 putting a hindrance on you know your number one QB situation. I mean, you got Trevor Lawrence who you know was coming out you know thinking that he was going to be the next you know Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and mm-hmm. You got a very short window uh, uh, to make him, you know, that superstar. And, and right now it's it's trending in the very wrong direction, um, you know, that, you know, I, I understand 
They don't have a lot of weapons on the, you know, the offensive side of the ball. They don't have a very good team, but it, it, you're not even seeing like a good develop. I mean, it's, it's trending downwards in the sense that, you know, he's, he's not getting any better. It's just, you know, kind of either staying the same or, or getting worse. And, right. and you want to see, your quarterback kind of make progressions to, yeah, you threw, know, through four picks last weekend. Yeah, right. I mean, right. So I, I think, you yeah. know, as much as everybody wants to put this on urban, this is the organization <laughs> as a whole. It's the players, it's right, the owners, it's everybody. Yeah. Nobody's right. doing their part. It's just a toxic. A, absolutely. Kind of and toxic that, that was kind of my point. Yeah. You guys, you I mean, I've never been an urban Meyer fan and that's not just because I'm a Michigan fan. I wasn't a fan of his when he was in Florida, mm-hmm. but I'm not putting this on urban Meyer. I'm putting it on the, organization as a whole and specifically on the front office yeah. right just a lot of a lot of just dysfunction there yeah. so it takes the players to buy in it takes the coaches to get the and, players to buy in and it they're takes not the organization getting to get it, the right guys it's almost like they're spending too yeah. much time defending themselves in the media when yeah. they should be you know working like colton said to put trevor lawrence in a position where he can you know, run that offense and improve, put him yeah. in a situation where he can, you know, at least be competitive in Absolutely. games. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Uh, enough said about that. Let's move on to your most surprising team. Matt, we'll start with you. Yeah. You know, for me, I, I've been saying the Cowboys for, through the first half of the season, but you know, what team that's really stood out to me now is the new England Patriots. They're there at nine and four with the, the top def- one of the top defense in the league. They're only allowing 15 points per game. Uh, Mac Jones is looking like a great quarterback there. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to bring the question back. Was it Brady or was it Belichick? Yeah. You know, he, he's starting to show that he can, he can do this with another quarterback in his mm-hmm. system. And the Patriots are just back to their winning ways yeah. after an offseason last Two year. Two-game lead in the AFC East, you yeah. know, yeah. over the Colts, who, you know, were predicted to, you know, be a playoff team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, 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 that's a good pick, man. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yep. You know, I, I was kind of same same as Matt with the most surprising team. I had, had the Cowboys there for – for a while, but they're, you know, kind of, they're, they're still winning, but they're kind of on shaky ground mm-hmm. a little bit. But uh, yeah, for me, I got to agree. The new England Patriots are, are the most surprising team for, for me so far, you know, through three quarters of the season here. And uh, you know, like you said, a lot of, a lot of, you know, that defense is, is elite. And that's, yeah. you know, if you look back at a lot of, you know, the Brady, sometimes, you know, Super Bowls that, that was, they had a, a really good defense right. and, and Brady did, you know, enough to, to win them some games and, you know, not to take away from, you know, how great Brady was, but, you know, they had some good, some good defenses too, to go mm-hmm. along with oh, that. Yeah. And, uh, well, and that's what won Tampa Bay, the Super Bowl last year, their right. defense stepped up. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah, the Patriots are definitely trending in the right direction heading into the, you know, the last part of the, the season here and, you know, sets themselves up for, you know, good success to kind of, you know, wrap up the AFC and then get that number one seed and, and take home, you know, kind of a, a first round buy. So All right. very good. Well, I guess, we already kind of talked about it a little bit. My surprising team kind of in this second half has been the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they were, they were winning uh, top of their division. And then they, then they kind of, they had a stumble there. They lost on uh, the last weekend in October, then had a bye week and then came back and lost again to the Washington football team. And, and at, at that point, myself and, you know, a lot of the other pundits maybe were thinking out, hey, you know, the season's wearing Tom out, you know, that it's catching up to him. They didn't look good in those two losses. And now they've ripped off four straight, mm-hmm. you know, averaging 33 points a game in these last four wins. So, mm-hmm. you know, in, in this, in this, you know, half to three quarter mark and that just looking at that, that, you know, new or uh, Tampa Bay's been my, uh, my um, uh, kind of surprising team. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it shouldn't be a surprise. You never count Tom Brady out, but, 
you know, I just think that they, they like if their defense can hold together. I mean, yeah, they they're scoring thirty three points a game in those four wins, but they're giving up a lot of points too. So mm-hmm. their defense, I think, is going to have to get better and you know show what they did last year in that playoff run. I think for them to to get deep into the um, you know the playoff situation in the NFC because there's a that to me the NFC is kind of the premier you know that has the best teams in it not taking anything away from the AFC, but, you know, you got Dallas, like we said, sitting at nine and four, Green Bay at 10 and three, Tampa Bay at 10 and three, and the Cardinals at 10 and three. So mm-hmm, there's, mm-hmm. there's going to be, there's going to be some uh, hotly contested games when we, when we get into the playoffs. So. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, do we want to then move over then to kind of the, the playoff picture then, or, you know, move over that let's, way. Let's do our, uh, uh, mid or three quarter mark MVP picks. Okay. And, okay. You know, and if, if you looked at the, what all the experts are saying, because I don't think this panel considers themselves experts. <laughs> hey, we're just, now. we're just sports fans. Um, you know, it's really a quarterback heavy MVP race right now, but I kind of went a different direction okay. and, uh, and I'll tell you why right. my MVP is Cooper cup. Okay. okay. The dude is like <laughs> Julian Edelman was to the Patriots. When mm-hmm. you need a first down, the guy gets open. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, that game the other night, uh, between the Cardinals and the Rams was one of the best games I've watched all year. Yeah. But this dude, the Cardinals defense knew the ball was going to Cooper cup still and he was stop. still getting, I mean, not just stopping, but he was wide open. The mm-hmm. dude is a route running machine. Yeah. Um, and he's leading all three statistical categories for receivers. Most yards, almost 1500 yards, mm-hmm. 12 TDs, uh, and 113 catches. And the next closest guys, because it takes three other people to come in second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he's at almost fifteen hundred yards. The next closest guy is only a thousand fifty-four. The next closest guy in, in TDs is only eight, and the next closest guy in catches is only ninety-two. So, yeah, to he's, me, he's, he's up by a significant margin. Yeah, in all three categories, mm-hmm. and he's leading them. Where the other, the guys in second are three different people. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. to me, I know. It's not going to happen. I know the experts aren't going to – whoever awards the MVP is not going to give it to Cooper Cup. Right. But watching the game, he's the most important piece of that team. Right, yeah, no, very valuable piece there in, in L.A. And probably a good – a good, you know, definitely a good reason why that L.A. team is, is where they're at. And, you know, definitely a, a crucial win that they needed the other night against against the Cardinals, a division, division opponent. So, you know, hats off, hats off to them. But uh, for me, my MVP, you know, it's it, – this season has just been kind of up and down, you know, teams good, not good, returning to be good, you know, just kind of up and down kind of roller coaster ride. So for me, I've, I've changed my MVP pick all three times. And so, you know, this, this time I'm, I'm going with another, another QB and I got, I got Tom Brady, um, you know, leading the, leading the pack there. He's, you know, leading every statistical category when it comes to, you know, QB play. Uh, he's got, you know, four over 4,000 yards and passing, um, you know, and he's only been sacked 16 times, which is, like 31st, you know, towards the bottom of, of, of the league when it comes to sacks. And that's always been, you know, the, the key to kind of his success is can you keep Tom upright? And, mm-hmm. and, and Tampa Bay has done a very, very good job at that. And, you know, Tampa Bay is sitting there at 10 and three and, and, and Brady's a good, a good reason why. So, um, you know, and, and at the same time, I, I always got to give it out, you know, give a shout out to the, to the old guys, you know, and he's doing this at, at the young age of, of 44 years old. And, <laughs> and, and it's just, 
amazing what what he's able to do at, at this you know at this age um, yeah. you know okay and cool well, maybe man... maybe you are an expert because the experts analysis i was reading like eight out of the ten i read had time tom brady sitting sitting at the top too so right. yeah i was gonna make the same comment like i said a lot, a lot of the experts are saying tom brady but but for me i gotta go with aaron Rodgers. you know he's, he's the next best thing to tom brady he's thrown for <laughs> 3219 yards 30 touchdowns he's only got four ints on the season uh, so while he's almost a thousand passing yards behind Brady, he only has eight less touchdowns and he's thrown six fewer interceptions on the year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, huge. That, that's a big deal. And he's played uh, one or two less games. I know he had to sit out for the COVID. Mm-hmm. So he's even got less games in there. So right. I, he, he's playing at an MVP level. He, he's a guy who at the beginning of the year, that first game of the year, everybody thought, oh gosh, Green Bay is going to be awful because he didn't do anything all right. off season. And he, he's really proved them all wrong. He's playing like an MVP and, I think he's got a good shot to win this thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think a repeat as an MVP because yeah. he was the MVP last year. So. Absolutely. <clears throat> yep. No, good good picks, fellas. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into who we think is going to come out of the AFC first. We'll start with the AFC. Um, we already talked about New England a little bit coming coming out of the East. You know, they got a two game lead. Uh, to me, they're they got games now against. Uh, oh. Indy, Buffalo, Jacksonville, yeah. Miami. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The Col- they got the Colts at seven and six, Buffalo at seven and six, the uh, the Jags at two and eleven, and the Dolphins at six and seven. So, you know, I, I think it, uh, easily they could win three out of those last four games. And, at worst, two and two, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And, and finish up, you know, twelve and five very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I I think that's obviously going to win that division. Um, the central, you got the rape. This is the one that I don't think any, you know, it's like pick a name out of a hat. AFC, the AFC North, I think or, it is. Yeah. 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 They, I'm sorry. The AFC North, I, I wrote that down wrong, but, yeah. um, um, yeah, I think it's just like, depends what team you're looking at week to week. You got the Ravens sitting right now at the top at eight and five, both the Ohio teams at seven and six. And Pittsburgh at six and six, and one, six six and one. They got well, that six one, six and one. They got right. that one tie there, and yeah. Uh, so you know, and and, and it, yeah, it's, I think it gets even murkier because now now they all play each other the last four weeks of the season, right? And and the Ravens, uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, goes down last week against the Browns with the you know an ankle injury, and you know nobody knows what the severity of that. And actually, is. And, Huntley came in and played. Pretty decent. Yeah, not bad. Uh, it took him a little while to get get going, but once he, you know, kind of got, you know, uh, a rhythm or kind of got comfortable, I mean, he, he was able to, you know, do do enough to, you know, somewhat bring him back in that game and, you know, gave him a chance to win, but, you know, unfortunately came up came up short in that one. But, yeah, this, this division is, yeah, anybody's ball game, but I think that's just the season in general. I mean, uh, this, this whole – AFC, NFC playoff picture. I mean, there is just pretty murky. Right, right. And we talked about that. You know, Matt talked about it early. There just hasn't been a team that's really dominated like maybe you've seen in the past that goes into the three-quarter mark with only one loss or two losses at top. You know, we talked about that, how there just seems to be more parity this year. Right, right. So looking at the the North, who you guys picking? I got to go with the Browns right now. Looking at their remaining schedule, they've got Las Vegas, I, that's a game they can easily win. They've got Green Bay. That's probably a loss. Pittsburgh, I think they can win. Cincinnati, I think they can win. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that's shaping up really well for the Browns, where you look at the Ravens, they've got to play Green Bay. That could be a loss. They've got to play Cincinnati. That could be a loss. 
They got to play the Los Angeles Rams. That could be a loss. Right. Pittsburgh, they could probably win. So, I mean, that, that's not looking like the easiest route for them to go. Right. Yeah. But I think the Browns have a good shot at pulling this thing off. I think I, it's, uh, you know, a question mark also. You know, the Browns are dealing with some health issues as well with all this this new COVID stuff yeah. coming out. I mean, oh, nine I, players. 11, I think, I think it's 11. Oh, I think wow. maybe nine players and a couple of coaches or, you know, because yeah. uh, just recently Baker's now in the protocol. Yeah, if Kevin, he's not playing this week, that really that, right. that hurts their hopes because Las Vegas is a game that they need to win. Right. Stefanski right. is is out within the COVID oh. protocol. So, I mean, they and they lost, you know, a couple of their starting offensive linemen. They lost, uh, you know, Jarvis Landry, probably their best wide receiver. I mean, they, they're they hurting right now. So, yeah. it, and, and it's, yeah, at a crucial time when they, mm, you know, are, are, are going up against a Raiders team that, you know, is also competing for a, for a playoff spot there, and and you know yeah. a game that not only Cleveland needs for their own division, but just to stay in the hunt, you know, in the playoffs in in general. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, I think you know any you know I, I don't know I, yeah like Dad said I think you could throw up a flip, coin, flip and, a coin. And, 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 yeah, and just pull a name out of a hat. And, That's and who the, the favorite the, is. The thing I is, do is think the Ravens have the most talent. Right, right. It, but you know, depend on, like Colton said though, it depends on you know Lamar's health too. Right, I think. Absolutely. So, right. So all right. I, well, then you got then you got the AFC South. Um, the Titans, um, to me, are, are are kind of the favorite to me coming out of the South. They're sitting at nine and four. Their four remaining games are the Steelers at six six and one, the Niners at seven and six, the Dolphins at six and seven, and the Texans at two and eleven. So I think you know the Titans easily could go two and two in that stretch, if not three and one, mm-hmm. um, which should be good enough to win it because the Colts yeah. have left New England, Arizona, Vegas, and Jacksonville, so wow. they're probably going to go two and two. Right, and they yeah. the, and uh, it's going to be Titan, tough to make the up Titans ground. Are a game up, so, it's going to be yeah. tough to make up ground. Right, yeah, and I, I think the Titans may or may yeah. not have the tiebreaker as well. But, yeah, and so. they're two games up right, right. now, so, so yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's enough there for the for the Colts to be able to. We all want consensus on that, yeah. then. right? I, I think Titans yeah, the Titans are just probably south. competing for for playoff seating at, at this yeah. point, mm-hmm. you know, to, to set themselves up for a better matchup or you know whatever. And you know, I don't know if you guys were aware of this, but um. You know, this season there's actually an extra playoff team. So instead of the six teams that we usually have, there's actually a seventh yep. team. So yeah, we the, got three wild cards. This yeah, year. three okay. wild. So the only team that will get a first round buy is, is the one seed. Where you know traditionally in the past it's been the one and the two get a, get a buy. This year it's so that'll eight. be the team in the AFC or NFC with the best with record. The best record. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um. And and then yeah, like I said, there'll be an extra wild card wild, wild. card game. Um. Right. So that's that's why it makes it you know even more interesting because. I mean, there there are so many teams that are still in the hunt that, oh, you know, yeah. maybe by this time would probably be eliminated. But because right. of that extra team, I mean, you, you look at the AFC, you got, you know, or even in the NFC, uh, you got several teams that are four and nine and they're still in the hunt. Still the not play. eliminated. Yeah, they're still yeah. not eliminated in the play. I mean, obviously they don't have a very high chance of making it. They need a lot of craziness to happen. But, yeah. you know, they're they're at least still still in the hunt. So, yeah, because in the NFC. There's only one team that's been eliminated from the playoffs, and that's that's the Lions. Yeah. Everybody, everybody else in the <laughs> NFC still still is still available. That's so, crazy. but uh, yeah, back back to the AFC. You know, kind of sidetracked there. But uh, 
yeah, I think I think the the, the Titans definitely gonna you know wrap up that that division. All right, so. what's your pick coming out of the West, Matt? So so the West to me is gonna be decided this week. It's mm. uh, between the the Chiefs and the Chargers, yep. and they play each other yeah. this Thur- week Thursday I, night. I think the the winner of that has has the has the advantage to take Chiefs take a game up right now. But right. yeah, like Matt said, they go head to head this week. So. Right, right, and I mean it, it helps uh, the Chargers, I believe, beat the Chiefs in the first matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if the Chargers, you know, were able or you know are able to win tomorrow night i mean they would even be have the tiebreaker you know, have the tiebreaker, you know there too so it would be very interesting but you know i think the chiefs are definitely playing a lot better than what you know they kind of started off very mm-hmm. very slow um the chargers are dealing with uh you know some own their own kind of covid you know issues as well um so i just i just think that you know that the chiefs are kind of trending in the right the right direction but it's going to be a good game. I think it's probably one of the best yeah. Thursday night games we've had in a, in a long time. And you know, so. I, I do think both of them ultimately end up making making the playoffs. Oh, right. I, I think oh, the, yeah. the one that doesn't win the division is going to be that first wild card. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think to me, I got to kind of give the the edge to the Chargers a little bit because of their defense mm-hmm. um, over the Chiefs. You know, we'll see how that goes. I could I could totally change my mind after Thursday night, but right, uh, right, right now I kind of got to give the edge to the Chargers, even though they're a game behind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I tell right. you, and I got one one surprise pick here to make the wild card. I, I think the the Colts don't do enough to to get into the playoffs here at the end. And I think the team that's gonna jump up here and make a surprise run at the end is gonna be the Dolphins. Oh yeah, they're I, they're, they're kind of their... silently playing well. Like nobody's really talking about them much, and yeah, yeah they're they're slowly you know silently playing. And, and well. look, looking at the remaining schedule though, they've all, they've got the Jets. That should be a win. They've got New Orleans. That should be a win. Tennessee. They that could be that could go either way. Mm-hmm. New England. They're probably gonna lose. But you know you look you look at a team like um like the Colts. What do they have left? They've got New England. That's probably not going to be a win. Arizona, probably not going to be a win. Las Vegas, that could go either way. Jacksonville, okay, so they got one maybe guaranteed win on the mm-hmm. remainder of their schedule. Right. It's not looking good for, for them still, there. Still a lot of good football to be played out mm-hmm. there, I think. Right. All right, well, let's switch over to the NFC. Uh, we'll start – we'll kind of go the same way. We'll uh, start in the NFC East. Um, you know, right now you got the, the Cowboys sitting atop the NFC East at 9-4 and four, um, with games against – remaining games against the Giants, the Washington football team, the Cardinals, and the Eagles. So mm-hmm. pretty favorable schedule there, I think, for them. Right. Three, yeah. three division opponents there, mm-hmm. too, you know, but obviously their their division is a little bit weak, uh, weaker. You know, Washington's probably the only other one that's somewhat competitive in the in the division. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the other three teams are still in the hunt for the playoffs, um, but I think, you know, Washington is the only team that's, got a legitimate shot or you know is is trending somewhat in, in the right the right direction and i think the cowboys have to have a real good shot there you know uh to to, to win out and uh with four games left the cowboys are up three on yeah. everybody else in their division <laughs> right. so really win one and and they're your division champion right. So <laughs> right again they're just you know fight for that kind for of the seed, playoff you know, seating playoff so seating. yeah so, yeah so which is important mm-hmm. you know you want to get you know, as many a games favorable home, matchup. Yeah, or a if, you, if you're matchup. the four seed right now, you're playing the Rams, so it's, right, nobody right, wants right. to see that. Exactly. Right. All right, uh, switch over to the uh, NFC North right now. You got Green Bay sitting atop that division at ten and three. Remaining games against the Ravens, the Browns, the Vikings, and the Lions. So, you know, they could they could very easily go three and one, if not yeah. four and zero, oh, the rest of the way out here. So, right. I, I that's my pick coming out of the NFC North. You guys. 
Yeah, I call that a lock. Yeah, it's it's you know similar situation I think to the Cowboys. Their division is not not very good. Um, you know the Vikings I think are the only other team that's somewhat competitive in that you know mm-hmm. in that division. But I think Green Bay yeah is is probably a lock to at least win the NFC North. Um, mm-hmm. And once again just kind of competing for you know, number one. Overall. They're they're sitting at one right now, uh, number one overall. You know right now, but you know there's a lot of teams right there behind them. So mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, the, the Buccaneers look like they have the easiest path to that number one overall. I was they're, just looking at their schedule yeah. as well. Those yeah. final four. And, and they're start, they're sitting at 10 and three in a right. tie with Green Bay and with Arizona, but remaining games against the Saints, the Panthers, the Jets, and the Panthers again. Yeah. So mm, yeah. they could they could very easily go four. I mean, yeah, I could easily four definitely and see them going four and oh the rest of the way out. Right. So things will be getting interesting there for at least for that number one seed or whatever, if, if you know, nothing else. So. Right. Yeah. So so we're, I think we're probably all in agreement at Tampa Bay coming out of the South, NFC yep. South. Right. I think the West is one that's still kind of up in the air, though, yeah. especially yeah. after after that Monday game, night. After that game Monday night, yeah. uh, you got the Cardinals sitting at ten and three, and the Rams at second and nine and four. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at uh, the Cardinals schedule, um, they got the Lions should be a win for them. The Colts another win. They got Dallas. That'll be a good ball be a game. Tough I think. game. Yeah. Uh, you know, it could be an important game for both teams. Yeah, you know, and, and a possible preview for the playoffs. Right, you know, because right. right now they're they're four and five, and that would be kind of a first round mm-hmm. matchup if you know things were to were to play out right. the way they are right and now. And then Seattle was so. their last game, so you know I think a pretty pretty easy shot for the Cards to go three and one the rest of the way out. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll, then, it'll be interesting to see if some of these teams that are going to have it locked up early if if they start resting guys and right ready and that, for the playoffs. And that's what you don't know. Out. That's what you don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I don't know because, you know. I mean, I know seating matters, but then you got to beat them all anyway. So right, I, right. So it's going to be a philosophy of do you want rested players or, or do you want to well, worry about the seating? You know, and unfortunately, you know, you don't know how, you know, COVID's going to hit these guys right. too or right. these teams too. Mm-hmm. So that's a shame that that's, you know, part you got to figure that in or mm-hmm. or worry about that. But that's, it's a, you know, it, it's out there. It's a, and how coaches navigate that, guys being, in the protocol and you know how how they navigate that so and then like i said you got the rams sitting in second in the nfc west at nine and four who just beat the cardinals but their schedule going out seattle vikings ravens and niners so a little bit a little bit tougher a little bit tougher but you know they could they could easily go three and one in that right so you know it's all it's going to be it's going to come down to you know one game here and there so Mm -hmm. yeah i I think really the biggest competition is going to be to try to lock up that number seven seed and i think it's going to be a battle between washington and the vikings to see who's going to ultimately get there Mm -hmm. washington ends out with a philadelphia dallas philadelphia and the giants Mm -hmm. i think think they could could, i think they could take three of those mm-hmm. um the vikings end up with chicago um the los angeles rams the green bay packers and chicago again so you're looking at maybe two so, i mean uh-huh. it, it's going to be close right it's yeah. going to be close to see who can get that seventh seed yeah well, um we, we talk about the you know the murkiness um i got a got a stat for you guys okay. um you know zero zero teams have locked up a playoff spot for the first time, you know, with four weeks to go for the first time since 2017. So wow. not a single team has locked up a spot yet. So, yeah, you know, it's making making some history here. So if and, the injury, even a first place team, if the injury bug or the COVID bug hits yeah. somebody hard. I mean, they can go know, from first, they can to, go first to worst pretty uh, easy. Right, right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So it's, uh, yeah, 
four weeks, we still got a lot, a lot to play for. It's not like, you know, you just sit there and coast. We still got, you know, mm-hmm. some interesting football. Ahead but I, I do think going into next week, I, I think we could have a lot of people lock it up. This right. Week. Yeah. A little bit clearer picture maybe yeah. after, after this week, okay. but uh, you know, all who right. knows? <clears throat> well, let's do this. Give me your pick coming out of the AFC. Win it all coming out of the AFC. One team. Uh, let's see for me coming out of the AFC. I think, I think for me, um, you know, I, I know it's it's kind of crazy, but I think I think the Chiefs can can get it done again. You know, yeah. I think I think until you can show me that you can beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, or that you know somebody can dethrone them in the, in the AFC, you know, I don't I don't know that it can can be done. So yeah. I'm gonna have to stick with we stick with the same team that you know that that, that has been there, has you know had the experience, mm-hmm. knows what it takes, kind of thing. Um, a lot of those other teams, you know. They don't have the, you know, nearly, you know, experience dealing with a lot of issues, you know, as far as injuries, COVID stuff goes. I think the Chiefs are just, you know, definitely, you know, trending upward. So, yep, and I'm right there with you. The Chiefs uh, this year lead the or at or near the top of the league in offense and defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're they're really a complete team. They're going to be tough to beat come playoff. Those yeah. are good picks. I'm still sticking with my mid-season pick, and that's Tennessee Titans. All right. You know, they stumbled there a little bit, but they've righted the ship, you mm-hmm. know, and the possibility of getting their stud running back, you know, Derrick Henry back. And, and have figured things out how to play even without, even even without, without him. him. Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the Titans coming out of the AFC. Okay. NFC, what you, what you got? Well, you know, this is a tough one. I, <laughs> I always kick myself for betting against Tom Brady. You never count the guy out. But right now, I got to go with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I, I think, think they're playing at a high level. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers looks, even though you know Tom's putting up great numbers with with Tampa Bay, their defense scares me. Um, so right now, I, I got to put I got to put Green Bay in the Super Bowl coming out of the NFC. Yeah, I think I have to have to agree. You know, like like I said, it it's tough to pick against Tom. You know, especially in the playoffs, uh, you never never count him out until you know the clocks hit you know, triple zeros or, you know, whatever. Um, but I think Green Bay is definitely, you know, going going in the right direction. You know, they got that kind of uh, sour taste in their mouth from last year of, you know, having the potential to win that mm-hmm. game against, you know, Tampa Bay and, and be in the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is, you know, kind of on a on a mission, I, I, I think, this year. And, you know, that, that defense is is much improved from, from last year. I, th- I think it's, uh, you know, a little bit different Green Bay team than, than what they had last year. I like I like them to come out of the NFC. Yeah, you know, the team I'm picking, I, I really struggled with this because there's a lot of good teams that are going to play tough games with each other in this playoff. But right. I, I actually, I'm going with the Cardinals. I, you okay. know, just just like Kansas City, they're, they're adding to the top of the league in both offense and defense. And, you know, they, they've got a quarterback who can scramble, move, move around and make some plays that, you know, you're not typically going to make kind of like Mahomes will for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And I just I, I think that that little bit of an X factor there is is huge come playoff time with with the defense they have. I, I, I really think Arizona can get it done. Yeah. All right. So my Super Bowl, um, you know, it's, I have the Titans going against the Green Bay Packers and, and I got to go. I got to back the pack Mm, um you know i I see that like colton said that chip on their shoulder from last year i think aaron Rodgers is just you know playing out of sight um you know matt alluded to that with his you know low interception rate this year and i think he's got something to prove that you know he is the one that carries this green bay team don't let there be any question about it you know how aaron Rodgers goes is how the packers go Mm -hmm. so 
right now and the way he's going, I got the Packers putting on the big ring. Right. Absolutely. Well, I had the had the Chiefs and the and the Packers in the Super Bowl and you know, I, I like how the Packers are playing, but I think I'm gonna have to go go with the Chiefs to to, to take back the you know, the Super Bowl throne, I guess. And for me, yeah, as much as much improved as, as that defense has been for Green Bay, the offense for Green Bay has been kind of, you know, not not as as good. I mean, obviously Rodgers is still putting up great numbers. But, you know, they've, they've had some injuries there on the offensive side of the ball, just not scoring a, a ton of points like they normally do. I just think that, that Kansas City is going to have a little bit more offense than, than what Green Bay is going to be able to put up. So I like it. A close game, but, yeah, I like Kansas City to take it home. <clears throat> you know what? I'm, I'm going to make it a, a third different one here. I'm going to go with Arizona. You, I, I, you, they, they've had a little adversity here at the end of the season, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to be good You got them going them. against the Chiefs. Yes, oh, yep, okay, yeah, yep, playing Kansas okay. City. All right. So I, I think just they've had a little adversity here at the end of the season, and I think that's going to be good for them in the playoffs. They're going to be able to overcome any adversity that may hit them in the playoffs, where Kansas City's, you know, they, their adversity was at the beginning of the year. They, they've been kind of coasting now. Mm-hmm. Any adversity may really knock them off the track. Yeah, right. Yeah, very right. good. All right, well, let's move on. Let's go to the gentleman's game. Uh, played on the soft green grass down in Miami, I believe, right? Uh, Orlando. Orlando, yeah. the, the PNC Championship which uh, started out as a father and son tournament. It's kind of morphed a little bit. They took a couple years off. They didn't have a sponsor. Um, You know, it's back, I think, been going now since 2017, I think is when they picked it back up. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's now kind of a golfer family member, not necessarily Mm -hmm. father-son team. So it's a 36-hole, two-man best ball scramble. Um, Like I said, the last year's winner – was the uh the duo of justin thomas and his father mike mm-hmm. um and they're the vegas favorite to win this year give yeah. your guys thoughts on you know I don't, I don't really like that he's golfing with his dad when all these <laughs> other guys are golfing with teenagers and, and right. young, younger kids that probably aren't going to put up the stats <laughs> that if an old vet can can put up but, right and I, and I believe his dad was also a former golfer you know decent decent golfer on like the pga tour or right, you know whatever right. so yeah, it's that, not like that's like playing a playing a ringer in beer league softball you yeah, know it's, right, right. it's just it kind of rubs me the wrong way but you know it, I, I think it'll be fun but uh, so but tiger's teaming up with with his son who's 12 years old yeah and uh this kid kid's already a scratch golfer though it, right it's, a, it's amazing what he's been able to do uh he he's a uh, he shoots under par in most nine hole events he plays in, and he's he won the U.S. Kids Golf Tournament by shooting a three under par. And they say he destroyed the rest of the field; nobody was even close. Right. So th- this kid and, and his dad have a legit shot. The question is, what can Tiger really do in, in this type of format? How how well in shape will he be? What's what's yeah. his shot? He hasn't look played like? in a competitive format since right. this tournament last year, right. where him and Charlie finished seventh overall. Mm-hmm. There's only 20 teams. You know that are in this, and you know they finished. They finished seventh last year, so right. Yeah, no, I think uh, like 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 you know like father like son type deal. Um, you know, definitely Charlie. A lot of resemblance to his father. Um, you know, a lot of the same kind of mannerisms and 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 just you know you, you talked about it kind of that killer instinct. Right. You know, even at a you know twelve years old. Uh, you know, still going out there and just you know beating the competition and you know not just beating them but destroying them um mm-hmm. you know and so i think yeah it'll be interesting to see yeah i, I think yeah the the storyline is what what tiger are we gonna gonna get right. here i mean uh, obviously he just started you know swinging a golf club not too long ago uh, and you know we talked about it a week or so ago 
they didn't even think he was going to be able to come back to even play golf again. And here we are, you know, a week or so later, and he's, you know, teeing it up. And obviously this event doesn't mean a whole lot or, you know, it's just to go out there to, you know, spend yeah, time with his son. But, uh, he'll be playing, uh, he'll, he'll get, he also has the opportunity to play with the golf cart. So he'll be riding around on a, on a golf cart, which, you know, good, you know, good for him because yeah, I think he's probably right. going to, going to need it, um, you know, due to, you know, his health health status from that, you know, horrific car crash, um, you know, almost a year ago. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to, to watch and, you know, hopefully they can, you know, go out there and, and compete. But uh, yeah, I think we're going to be interested to see what, what, what we're going to get from, from Tiger. Yeah, so. I'll tell you, I'd say any other tournament, I'd ask Tiger what the heck he's doing after he just had a press conference saying he wasn't going to do this. <laughs> right. but, but this makes a lot of sense. It right? Being able to it's ride a, in a car. Only, thir- only 36 holes. 36 right. holes. I, yeah, I mean, this is like the well, perfect, and, perfect and what, rehab. And what does this mean to golf? Well, I can tell you what it meant last year. Mm-hmm. They tripled their viewership from the year before because Tiger and Charlie were oh. in it last year. So, right, right. You know, it's huge. And I think, guys, I saw something where the event, it, it's a very small crowd but there will be you know fans to, to watch it um mm-hmm. but they're they they limit the amount of tickets just to you sure. know because it's kind of a you know just a small event but they've already pretty much sold out all the tickets that they you know that they have um and, and i think that obviously has a lot to do and i think i read there was so many uh places that applied for press passes that they wound up having to have an auxiliary gallery for all the media it so is. they yeah. had to enlarge that so some of the other kind of notable teams real quick Jim and Tanner Furick will be playing in it. John Daly and John Daly the second will be that. That should be interesting. Talk about two two that are the you know two peas in a pod. I mean, yeah. I, I've seen some stuff where I mean they're almost identical, same yeah, mannerisms yeah. As, as each other. Can't so. wait to see the outfits. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And then one other one I thought was kind of interesting. The number one women's player right now, Nellie Corda. Um, playing with her father Peter in yeah. this, so that, and that, he's a he's a former I think Australian Open tennis tennis player, so uh, athletic at least, you right. know, at the very least. So, so yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, but uh, yeah, it should be fun to watch, and uh, that'll be on Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> All right, well, let's move on now. We're going to get out of the professional sports, get back into the amateur ranks, and we got five games that Colton picked out for us that we're going to go through and pick some winners um just our picks of the week and let's start off with that butler versus purdue game butler sitting at seven and three um and purdue sitting at nine and one ranked number three in the country yeah yeah i think it's uh you know good start to saturday you know college basketball um this game's over noon noon um noon eastern time over on fox so um, it, they're playing in what's called the the Crossroads Classic. Um, you know, there's also another matchup. I believe it's Notre Dame and Indiana are playing in it as well. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a a neutral site game between you know some some Indiana schools or you know whatever to you know kind of compete against each other. Uh, they're going to play in in Gainbridge Fieldhouse, where you know the Pacers and and the Fever uh, play you know play ball at. So kind of a bigger venue too mm-hmm. to kind of bring in more fans and things like that. But you know, Purdue comes into this game averaging almost 90 points a game. Uh, you know, Butler on the other side only averaging about 65 points a game. You know, pretty pretty wide margin. Um, you know, obviously the rankings show that. The records show that. Butler only has one win over a, a Power 5, you know, opponent this year. I think, you know, even though Purdue has played kind of shaky here the last, you know, week or so, mm-hmm. um, I think Purdue Purdue gets it done, um, you know, beats Baylor in, in, in a pretty bad fashion. One well, in, a, in a season so far where it's good to be king, but it's not been good to be number, number one, one so yeah. far. Um, you know, we've seen number one teams get bumped off, and that happened to Purdue 
you know, against Rutgers last on a half court shot. My Ron Harper Jr. nailed it. Um, but uh, I think that, that, you know, something's got to give here. Like Colton said, the Boilermakers are averaging like 87 points a game. And the Butler Bulldogs defense has only given up 58, so mm-hmm. a 30-point swing there. Right, something's not, got yeah. something's got to give. So, but I got to agree with Colton. Uh, Butler, you know, kind of went on a. They lost three in a row, came back and won four in a row. But I got to give the edge to the, to the Boilermakers in this game. Yep, I'm right there with both of you. Uh, Purdue's just scoring too well, averaging like you said, almost 87 points a game. Butler just won't be able to keep up scoring. I think they'll be able to limit them. I think they will get less than their average, mm-hmm. but I, I, they, they're not going to bring them down by 20, 22 points. 20, to, 20 30 to points close, yeah, right. so, to make it close. Yeah, yeah, I think Purdue still runs away with it. An interesting matchup to watch, though, will be a Jaden Ivey of Purdue, uh, their leading scorer at guard versus a Chuck Harris, uh, the guard for Butler, who's also their leading scorer. So those two will be fun to watch go at it. Yeah, yeah very absolutely. Good. All right, Matt, let's move on. Uh, why don't you start us off with that Gonzaga versus Texas Tech game. Number five, Gonzaga, who was uh, number one earlier in the season against number 25, Texas Tech. Yeah, so, so far, Gonzaga's got two losses on the season. They've both come against opponents who score in the 80 points per game range. Texas Tech right now, this, so far this season, they're averaging 81.1 points per game. So I, I think this will be a good test for Gonzaga, but I think their championship pedigree – and the, the fact that they've experienced those two losses earlier in the year, I think that'll be enough for, to, to spur them on to victory. I, I think Gonzaga gets it done. I'd, I'd look for a, a nice matchup to watch in this game. will be a Bryson Williamson of Texas Tech. He's their forward uh, going against Drew Timmy, the forward of Gonzaga. Gonzaga will be a fun matchup to watch there. Yeah, so another kind of uh, neutral site game as well, uh, what they call the Jerry Colangelo Classic, um, you know, to – um, you know, they're going to be playing in Phoenix, Arizona. So a neutral site game for, for both of these teams. And they're going to be playing in, uh, you know, where the Phoenix Suns, you know, play basketball. So once again, another kind of bigger venue to, you know, spur these kind of two big, bigger college basketball programs. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Gonzaga has just been a little bit more battle tested, I would say, than Texas Tech so far through, through the season. Um, you know, Gonzaga is two and two against top 25 teams, you know, this year, but I think that they, because they've, they've seen some better teams, they've seen some better competition. I think they're a little bit more prepared than, than Texas tech. I think Gonzaga gets it done close, close game, but I think Gonzaga, Gonzaga gets it done. Yeah. And, and I give the edge to Gonzaga as well. And I think to me, it's because of their defense that they play They're you know, six blocks a game, like Colton said, yeah, they've lost two games, but they were to, you know, both the ranked teams, um, and it, but they've beaten two ranked teams as well. Uh, mm-hmm. They beat at the time number five Texas, and they absolutely destroyed number two UCLA mm-hmm. at the time. So uh, Texas Tech <laughs> does have one quality win. They beat number 13 Tennessee in overtime. But uh, I got to give the nod to the Zags in this one. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next game on the slate, uh, UCLA versus North Carolina. UCLA is currently sitting at number four in the country. An eight and one record, North Carolina eight and two. They're unranked. If you look at their stats on paper, to me, they're very similar. Very similar teams and all the statistical categories. Um, North Carolina suffered losses to number seventeen Tennessee, uh, number six Purdue, but they did have a blowout win over Michigan. It was at the time was ranked twenty four. So, um, you know, that's to me that. But what I think what gets it done for UCLA is their veteran leadership. Mm-hmm. You got Tiger Campbell, a junior running, running the show. You got senior Miles Johnson and junior Johnny Jazang. Um, you know, I, I just think that veteran leadership 
is going to get it done for UCLA. That's my pick in this game. Yeah, I think uh, for me, I, I got to agree. You know, UCLA, you know, a, a better team. You know, bringing back a lot of talent from that from that team that you know made it to the you know to the Final Four last year. Or, you know, made it to the championship or you know whatever last year. So brought a lot of you know some of the. I think pretty much the whole team is back from from that team last year. So you know, elite elite level, very experienced team. You know, UNC. Hasn't had the greatest, you know, um, kind of matchups when they have to play, you know, top teams. They haven't had the greatest results. I think uh, UCLA UCLA gets it done, but I think this is a little bit maybe closer game than, than maybe what Vegas will probably project or, you know, show. I, I think it would be, you know, a little bit tighter ball game. So, Well, you know, this isn't football, but I'll still go with the saying, not so fast, my friends. <laughs> you know, I know UNC struggled against ranked opponents this season, but I smell an upset in this game. Right. UCLA is scoring 73 points a game compared to North Carolina's 80 points a game. And North Carolina shoots the ball slightly better from three, two, and free throws. I, I think that just that shooting percentage gives them a slight edge here, and I I, I, I predict an upset. I'm going with North Carolina. Matchup right. to watch is going to be Caleb Love versus uh, Johnny Juzang. No, all right. Very good. All right, next one on the slate. Colton, I'll let you lead us off on this one. Uh, Ten and one Providence against uh, number twenty nine and two UConn. Yeah, absolutely. So game uh, five o'clock p.m. Eastern time over on Fox, and we get a uh, kind of a conference game here. Mm-hmm. So these two teams, you know, in, in you know early season kind of conference game, but you know Connecticut comes in averaging a little bit more you know points per game than than Providence. Um, you know, and and when it comes to defense, they're giving up about about the same numbers there. So. Uh, you know, Providence is kind of led by that senior center, Nate Wilson, uh, 15 points per game, uh, 5.5 rebounds per game. But, you know, they, the Connecticut's got a senior guard in R.J. Cole and then a sophomore forward in Adama Sonogo. Um, and he's he's coming in. Uh, Sonogo's given 15 points, almost 16 points a game, six rebounds, and, and then almost two blocks a game, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, doing a little bit of, on both sides of the both sides of the ball. But for me, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, Connecticut shoots a lot of free throws. They they average almost 24 free throw attempts per game, and they they shoot about 75 percent from the free throw line. And I think that that's going to be the difference uh, for me. And they 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 get almost 14 offensive rebounds a game wow. too. So you know a lot of a lot of opportunities for free throws when you get you know get those you know second chances. Yeah, you know, either a lot get of, to the free throw or get an easy second look. Right. At it. So I think UConn's you know got kind of the the advantage in this matchup. I like the Huskies to get it done. All right. Yep, I'm I'm with you right in this one, uh, Connecticut to get it done. Um, you know, like I said, they're averaging 11 more points per game, and uh, their defense is where they're they're really going to done. They're averaging seven blocks a game on the defensive side. That's yeah. going to give you a lot of extra opportunities. Uh, you know, I like I like Connecticut here. Yeah, All right. I got I got to agree. Um, uh, Providence, even though you know, obviously they're 10 and one, but they haven't played a ranked opponent yet. Um. So, you know, I think it's pretty easy for them right now to go 10 and one. UConn's only played one top 20 opponent. That was number 19 Auburn, and they did beat them. So, um, I, I, again, I got I to go with the Huskies, and uh, we'll make it unanimous on that one. All right. All right. Last game on the slate for today um, the Ohio State Buckeyes sitting at number 15 at 8 and 2, going against number 21 Kentucky at 7 and 2. Um, uh, who you liking this one, Matt? So you know the the Buckeyes have been a roll, a bit on a roll after beating Duke, but where they've struggled in that game and some other games this season have been with teams that battle hard on the inside and on the glass. And Kentucky can really match up well there. Kentucky averages forty four rebounds per game, 
and that's going to lead to plenty of second chance opportunities for them. I think it's going to be close, but I think Kentucky's going to come out on top because of those second chance opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like we talked about with UConn, you know, Kentucky does you know offensive rebounds. They're averaging a little over 15 offensive rebounds per game, and that that's good for third in all of college basketball. So they're you know leading you know top top you know 10 in, in, in offensive rebounds, but you know they're also uh, you know because of all those offensive rebounds, they're they're towards the top in, in two point field goals made as well so you know a lot of easy putbacks and I think that you know is uh definitely you know something to look look forward to I think Ohio State may be kind of one-dimensional in the sense that they rely heavily on on EJ Liddell I, I think if you can you know limit him or you know potentially you know limit his his opportunities I think Ohio State becomes a very beatable beatable team right. um obviously not an easy task to do I mean he's coming in averaging over a little over 20 points a game so you know not not something that's you know going to be an easy task for for Kentucky but I think that they'll do enough to kind of frustrate him I think that the Wildcats get it done in, in the upset so well uh not so fast my friends <laughs> I'm going to pick OSU in this and be, the reason I'm picking it is because EJ okay. um you know he's leading the team in in points and his uh rebounds they beat they beat a good Seton Hall team they beat number one Duke um, Kentucky lost to Duke in the in the season opener. Mm -hmm. um, I believe this game is in Kentucky. No, it's um, it's actually in Las Vegas. Um, oh, it's a part, oh, that's right. That's it's part of the kind of CBS Sports Classic. Right. I, I guess is what that. they're. I'm sorry, I wrote that. Yeah, I had it. I had it mixed up. But uh, I think you know playing in that neutral site um, helps OSU mm -hmm. um, and not having to go into into Rupp Arena there and play. So uh, I'm going to give the edge to Ohio State in this game. All right. All right. Well, we'll see how those, you know, play out. Those are all, you know, Saturday games spread throughout, you know, throughout the day. So, you know, college football is kind of taking somewhat of a, of a break, but, uh, you know, college basketball is heating up. So, um, well, yeah. that's our show for tonight. Um, Colton's going to give you some info on the uh, uh, um, contest we got going on with the bowl pick em, um situation going on. I got to get them picks in. $25 gift card going out to the winner, only playing first place. So yeah, yeah. get them in early to give yourself the best chance. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like dad said, we, we got a bowl competition going over, you know, going on over on ESPN, um, you know, college bowl mania. Um, if you search for our group, it's fired up podcast, you know, search for that group, you know, join that group. There's only a handful of people in there right now. So you got a real good chance at getting that, you know, that first place, uh, you know, gift card. So, Definitely want to get your get your opportunities in there. You know, join the group. Uh, the first bowl game is is this Friday, I believe, at, at noon. So got a little bit of time here left to do some research and and make your picks. Um, obviously, you don't have to lock in. You know, right from the beginning, you can make picks. You know, throughout the whole you know the whole bowl season. But you give yourself the best opportunity by picking all of the bowl games. But uh, yeah, so so you know, hop on over to ESPN. You know, look us up there and, and and join our group and give yourself you know give yourself a chance not only to win that gift card but see how you stack up against you know against us uh, when it comes to the the bowl picks. We'll be you know we'll be in the group. Obviously, we're not taking home the the gift card, but uh, you know we're we're there to see if you can kind of stump stump the swami. I guess. Yeah, so, very good, uh, very um, good. All right, well we're gonna uh, get ready to leave here. Um, we're gonna come back at you next week uh, again on a Wednesday night. Um, getting close to the holidays, but we're still going to keep plugging along here and get our shows in. So uh, we'll let Colton uh, let you know where you can find next week episode, next week's episode and uh, past episodes. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we appreciate you guys for listening to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cal, the Chief Rob Cal, Matt Cordes. Um, you know, we hope you enjoyed 
in our show this week. And, you know, like dad said, we'll be coming back to you again, live uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night again. So um, there's still, even though the holidays are coming up sports, you know, sports never stops. So, you know, we'll be talking about some of those, maybe Christmas day matchups that are coming up next, you know, next week. And um, you know, how, you know, interesting those, those can be for, for the NBA. Um, so, you know, appreciate you guys listening. Um, but like I said, if you want to hear, topics you know for for future episodes or you know you just got a question you want to you know hit us up and you know uh, have us debated out here here on the show um you can find us over on instagram um our our handle is fired up underscore podcast or you can find us on facebook if you just search for uh fired up uh comma sports podcast you'll you'll find our page there and you know reach out to us and you know let us know what, what you're thinking so um, or you can always head over to our website which is www.firedup1.podbean.com and find all of our past episodes and, you know, little information about, about the show. So as always guys, thanks for, thanks for listening. And um, as always stay Stay fired fired up. up.